Welcome to the 10 Loans a Month podcast, where mortgage brokers become business owners. And now, your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, Broker Nation. Welcome to the Mortgage Brokering Podcast. I'm continuing my 10 Loans a Month series. This is a tactical podcast I produce every week. I'm your host, Scott Peckford. And this week, I've actually decided to do a change up, and I did a live interview with Ron Butler from Butler Mortgage. Butler, they do 500 plus million a year in mortgages. And Ron is a very, very sharp dude. Been in the mortgage business a long time. And I always love chatting with him. And so we talk about a couple of different things. One, there's been some rule changes in Canada in terms of the way that they're looking at mortgages. So we talk about those. Are they going to have any effect at all on real estate or uh, mortgages? And Ron doesn't seem to think so. We talk about variable versus fixed rates. And so what does this conversation look like right now with clients, as well as predictions for interest rates and housing prices? These are fun episodes for me to do because there's always little nuggets that you're going to pick up from listening to guys like Ron who have been here a long time and also just they're in a position to see things that not everyone sees and connects some very interesting dots. How you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. So, hey, let's just jump into it because I've already, I've kind of had people sitting here waiting. What do you want to talk about first, variable versus fixed? You want to talk about the Ontario rule changes? What do you think is most interesting? Well, there was was a brief moment of time when the federal government tried to influence the provincial government to end blind bidding and create open outcry for auction for house prices. And the provincial government, who was actually in charge of it, just said no. So, so that's that's kind of off the books, right? Right from the get go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's sort of something we're going to see a lot out of the federal government. The discussions about housing that just don't go anywhere. You know, things that they said they would do, and they actually nothing ever happens. We're going to see a ton of that because it's provincial jurisdiction. And it's just not going to work for them. What they think is going to happen isn't going to happen. Right. So they can say one thing, but then it doesn't always necessarily happen. But I saw some news come out about, unless it's changed since then, but saying that they're going to allow sellers to be able to to have the option to do, you know, no blind bidding. Is that still on the table or is it gone? No, that's still on the table, but it's just a fake. Like what seller is going to want to end blind bidding? Like the only people who are worried about blind bidding are buyers. Right. No sellers have it's, no, it's, it's more a political move to basically be like, look, we're trying to help, but it's not it, really helping. But, it, but it's just a fake. Yeah, it's just a fake. So this is really something really important to understand about blind bidding, too. It doesn't actually affect the price of homes. They've had open outcry auction in Australia for going on nine years. So no impact on reduced home prices at all. However, it's a much more honest and transparent system. And that's why it's right. It's right, right because it's honest and transparent. But if people think it's going to reduce the price of homes, the Australian experiment, which is a very similar housing market to ours, like incredibly similar, has had no impact at all. Yeah. I talked to a guy from New Zealand and they have it there as well. And he told me that now you're still trying to win. You're going to outbid them. Okay. It still runs the price up. Right. And they do have a reserve bid as well. So if it doesn't hit the reserve, it actually then goes into just regular negotiations. So. Right. So yeah, um, you could still overpay it. People overpay at auctions all the time because they're just like, I want to win, right? If there's six people there. That's been the absolute experience of Australia. Absolutely. Yeah. So it seems to me like a fake way to basically tell consumers, we're well, look, we're trying to help, but really it's going to do nothing. Yeah, because it's a passionate issue for some home buyers. It's so opaque, so invisible, so impossible to know what's really going on. They feel they're being manipulated and occasionally they are. And that's the reason there should be no blind bidding. It should be open up crime. It really should. Okay. But it but, shouldn't be, it should be mandatory and not. 
It should, yeah, it's either it's, this idea of the seller could just choose to do it is just crazy. It's a ploy. It's a fake. It's designed to just cause people to stop thinking about it. But in reality, nothing changes. Right. Before we move on, any other of the things that Ontario that they're proposing that you think is going to have any impact or effect? There's literally nothing that's going on. I mean, people don't realize this idea of the home buyers kind of RSP plan, like you're going to save down payment with great tax advantages. It grows interest-free while it's in the account, like you get to deduct it from your tax, grows interest-free when it's in the account. It's only 40 grand, first of all, which does very little in the BC and Ontario markets, if anything. Yeah. And it's not even going to start till sometime in 2023 if we're lucky. So, so much of what the federal government proposed to do isn't actually going to happen. I mean, they're going to send some subsidy money and get some low cost rental houses built that's basically government subsidized, literally only in the hundreds of units next year, like not in the thousands, even, just in the hundred. So the only thing that's for real is that. And almost everything else that they proposed isn't even going to happen until some other time in the future, if ever. So right. it was a very much a theatrical budget. Okay, let's talk about variable versus fixed. So what do you see with the rising rates right now? And what are you noticing? So variable goes up an absolute minimum of 1.25% additionally by Labor Day. That's an absolute minimum. There's no escape from it. Could be more, but that's what's going to happen, period. No discussion. That's it. Yeah. So at that point, variable becomes less and less attractive versus not five-year fixed, but versus one- and two-year fixed. Here's the interesting part. This is a time of incredible volatility in the economy, in the mortgage rate marketplace, in the bond marketplace in central banks' treatment of inflation. I've been doing this for 27 years, the most volatile times I've ever seen. There's been others. 2008 was just nuts, okay? It's just that not a lot of mortgage workers were around, but not as many mortgage I rem- workers. I remember 2008. I was here. It I was nuts, long, right? Was, was, it, was, was it nuts? It was nuts, right? Okay, yeah. like, you might remember we had, like, four companies just disappear in a week. Four hundred yeah. just vanished. Okay, they were gone. Abode. So. I remember them. GE Money. Oh, CEO. GE Money. GE Money was one of the biggest companies in the world. That was GMAC. Okay. That yeah. was one of the biggest financial companies in the world. Boop, gone. It was just gone one day. They, yeah. they vanished. So, yeah. So, we've had excitement before. Absolutely. But this is very exciting. A lot of issues are going to start to crop up soon because some rates have gone really high. So, if we look at our B lenders, and God bless them. They're important to every mortgage broker in this country. But by the end of next week, compared with like December, B rates are going to probably be a clean double. Like they'll be in the high fives versus 299, 279, 289 in December. That's a big move because here's what we got to know as mortgage brokers. People are going to get renewal letters in June and July with those rates that are deals we placed. And those are shorter terms typically too. They're yeah, they're gonna, one years. They're one years and two years. They're gonna they're gonna feel it quicker because their rate's gonna basically almost double. Absolutely. Factually, yes. Okay. So we've got to be prepared to field some calls. There's gonna be some calls for B business that was placed. Real serious calls. And all we can do is to try to do our best. We can't change the marketplace. All right. So what you need to think about in variable versus fixed is not where variable is today, but where variable is gonna be in three months. Because that's the honest approach we have to take with our customers. Mm -hmm. Finally, 
we have to bear in mind that it's not something we can control. And that means we have to look for some other solutions. Here's one. Some of our lenders offer a variable rate that does not increase the payment when prime rate changes. So we got to look towards that as a discussion point to have with clients. It's super important to tell the client, look at when that happens, when prime goes up and your payment stays the same, your amortization is changing constantly. Yeah. And the trigger point for most of these contracts is negative amortization. In other words, prime rate's gone up so high that the payment they have isn't paying down any principal. So now you have to step in, the bank has to step in and make a pretty sizable adjustment to the mortgage, okay? You can either make big lump sums or you can change your payment, but the trigger point is still far away. So in our discussions with clients, we can point out to them that a possible hedge for cash flow purposes is a variable rate that will close soon before continual increases come to play. And this will guard them against payment increases in the short term. And let's face it, this is really important for new people to understand in the business, new brokers, new agents, really, really important. Nothing will ever be as good as we hear it will be, and nothing will ever be as bad. That's a really important point. Right. So when rates were falling, 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 we had people start to talk about, hey, there could be negative interest rates. In Denmark, they pay you to take a mortgage. Okay, right. we, we heard that talk briefly, right? Yeah. I said that was crazy. It's never going to happen in Canada. Don't even think about it. It's nuts. And also today we have people talking about 8% rates. There's not going to be any 8% rates. Okay, that's not the way our economy can function anymore. We can't, you know, when people think I'm old, I do remember when there's 18 and a half, 20% mortgage rates. But it was a very brief period of time. That was the peak. It did come down. And at the same time, inflation was running 8 to 20%. So, but it was inflation that people were getting wage increases too. So it was half manageable. Right now, we're in the very early stages of a severe inflation problem. And there's no time for wages to catch up, by and large. So it's important to understand interest rates are not going to eight. You know, when your clients talk about, yeah, my cousin thinks it's going to go to eight. Uh, what are we going to do? We're going to lock in right away. Let's make sure we calm them down with the historical truth. Okay. There never was going to be any negative interest rates where we paid you to take a mortgage. There's not going to be any 8% interest rates. Right. Remove the extremes on both ends. And just exactly. Exactly. That's correct. So, but you will hear it. You will hear it. You're also going to start to see our business slow down dramatically. Okay. I mean, I think everybody, many people are starting to see that already. This stuff is shocking. Like it's shocking to the public. I mean, we see it every day. It's sort of by the time you get the 13th rate increase, it kind of starts to think, oh, well, it's just the way life is. Okay. But that's not true for the public. They only hear about it at a moment in time. And it's quite impactful on them. Wait a second. You know, when I told you in the fall, you know, last year, you said rates were like 2.29. Now you're telling me they're 404. Like, what's wrong with you? You're a crook. What's going on here? So it's just emotionally impactful to them. Right. That makes sense. Okay. So let me ask you this. Somebody asked a question about you put a client in a variable a year ago and they're calling you like, what does that conversation look like? I know it's going to vary from client to client, but in general, what is your sort of overall theme of that conversation? Ron, I got a variable last year and maybe you didn't sell any variables last year. I don't know, but 
Uh, all the time. All the time. Yeah. yeah. So then what does that look like today? How do you talk those people off a ledge and have them not like, you know, do anything crazy? You always tell the truth. You tell them it's going to get worse before it gets better. Like it's going to continue to go up. Don't dodge that. Don't pretend. Don't go in a different direction. Okay. It's going to go up some more. That's a fact. Tell them that first. Start with honesty. Always start with honesty. But then we go back to logic. If they've got a big discount, if they're a high ratio deal and they've got a 1.4 discount, probably they don't need to do anything. I mean, yes, it's going to go up. It's going to go up at least another one and a quarter. It may even go up another one and a half. And then it may stop. And then in a year and a half, it may come back down again. Not all the way down to where you were. That was the lowest point in history. Mm -hmm. The beauty of variable is it comes down too. It just doesn't go up. So keep that in mind. The highest possibility is that this run-up in interest rates combined with inflation and what will probably be in Canada and the U.S., a considerable slowing in the housing market could easily trigger a recession next year, in which case the central banks become motivated to drop rates instead of rising rates. Right. They overcorrect. They overcorrect. That's correct. So what about this? So I've been thinking, you know, mortgages in Canada anyway, it's not true in the U.S., but the vast majority of them are qualified at a much higher rate than people got their mortgages at. So do you think that's created any kind of, you know, an insulated effect for somebody who qualified at five and a quarter, but they got a 2% interest rate? So what are your thoughts on that? Well, every active mortgage broker on the call or watching the recording is going to say to themselves, geez, I fight with stress test every goddamn day. Stress test is real. Okay. And it is. Absolutely it is. So yes, there is insulation no matter what people on Twitter say or what you read in media. Yes, there is insulation, but insulation doesn't insulate you from pain. If the rate goes up, it goes up. You know, we particularly think about everybody who has a HELOC. Everybody who has a HELOC that rate goes up and the payment goes up in lockstep with the rate. You're paying more every time. Right. And it becomes very noticeable. Right, right. That's a good point. You know, in the U.S., because they were qualifying people on the contract rate for the most part, I was talking to a couple of my buddies that are down there, people have literally gone from being able to qualify for one number and then a week later, that's gone. Like literally, you know, $50,000, $80,000 is just vaporized in qualifying, which obviously is going to affect the number of buyers. So what is your opinion on what will this do? So let's assume rates continue to go up. Refis are probably going to be only strategic. You're only going to do it if you absolutely have to. So that that number is going to go down. Potentially the number of buyers goes down. What do you think would happen with the real estate market? Do you think this is going to affect it? you think it's going to slow it down? Like, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I'm curious. So prices are already coming down in Ontario. They are coming down regionally. In some cases, they're coming down severely. But in many cases, those were only the areas where the prices went up severely. So for instance, if you bought a townhome in the edges of the world in Aurelia and Barrie, and you bought that townhome and you paid over a million dollars in January, you couldn't sell it for a million today. That's over. It's come down. Now, have the prices in the most sought after areas for great properties in central Toronto, in the old 416, the core of the city gone down? No, they have. People are still actually bidding on those. But everything starts on the outside. In the periphery and then works its way in. That's correct. And, and typically the person in that more desirable neighborhood, usually their financial means are a little, 
you know, they're not on the edge. They're like, oh, it's fine, whatever. Like I can withstand. And they're not going to sell for a loss if they can afford the payments and keep their property. By the way, I'm not talking about anybody selling for a loss. I mean, if you only own one property and you've moved in and you were stress tested and you're making your payments, there's no need to do anything. I mean, nothing really changed in your life. You just keep making your payments and life is good. You're not in the middle of a transaction. And it's already starting to blow up in Ontario. If you're not in the middle of the transaction, you're fine. If you don't have four rental properties financed through HELOCs, you're probably fine. But there's going to be some pressure at the edges that's going to build. Because let's face it, these rate increases are only two months in the making. I mean, they're only two or three months old. They're going to continue and they're going to stay up all through the summer and into the fall. And it's going to change people's attitudes. Right. I always think the real estate market's like a house party and the music's playing, everybody's having fun. Then all of a sudden the music changes and it goes from, you know, you can't make nothing but money in real estate to, oh my gosh. And so do you have any sense that, although people tend to sell slower than like, because again, they need somewhere to live. It's not like the stock market that can swing. It's not the stock market. No, absolutely. not manic where you click a button and you can dump it. So there's a lot more price stability in it. So let me ask you this. You get a client today. And you're qualifying them. Are you having a fixed variable discussion? What are you seeing more of with your guys' clients right now? Right now, it's variable with the lenders who don't raise payments when prime changes. With a static payment. Static payment. Yeah. In short term. And one and two year fixed. Okay. So you either go the short term rate or variable with the static. We didn't do anything that incurred a permanent non-marketing cost. Like, obviously, you've got to spend money on marketing. You have to. I mean, that's the value of the stuff you do every day. You know, you're giving people value in marketing and how to bring in business. So we don't want to cut back on that. But yeah, no, we didn't take on any new fixed overheads. We didn't expand our premises. We didn't do anything because I'm old. So I know that these things change over time. Right. So to new agents, all I can tell you is this too shall pass, but it doesn't pass quickly. Everybody who thinks this is just a three-month blip, oh, people are going to get used to 4.5% fixed rates easily. No, they won't. They will not, okay? You need to say, it's going to be a rough year. I've got to prepare myself. I've got to look at what I'm doing, and i got to hang in because it always gets better. That's the other true thing about doing this stuff forever. Just like you talked about after 2008, it got better. 2010 was glorious, okay? Yeah. But- you have to watch what you're doing for now and don't think it's just a three-month blip. This is right. not a three-month blip. Okay, that's really good advice. Okay, we'll wrap this up. Any last sort of thoughts on, you know, mortgage rates or real estate? Where do you see opportunity right now? Given everything that's going on, I always feel like there's some opportunity. What do you think it is? Well, if you're licensed in Alberta, things are still pretty buoyant in Alberta. I mean, things are moving along well, okay? The opportunity is in being the survivor. That's the opportunity. The opportunity is battening down the hatches, making sure you're still in this business, coming out the other side in 18 months. Okay. The opportunity is in giving your clients honest advice. People will respect and remember somebody who told the truth over somebody who just shined them on. Like, right. don't tell people, oh, there's probably going to be no more rate increases. You'll be fine. Don't do that. Okay. Right. Tell the truth. Tell the truth every time. They may not like to hear the truth, 
but it's the right thing. And eventually they'll remember you told the truth. Right. And for the people who are angry at you, you told me this prime rate was never going to go up. Well, obviously no one said that. Absolutely no rational. I hope to hell nobody said that. Okay. And it never said that in the contract you signed. And it's called variable for a reason. So it will go up and then it'll come down. I mean, why didn't you advise me of fixed? Well, fixed was available. Why didn't you know this would go way up? Well, nobody alive knew it was going to go way up. Okay. Nobody knew there was going to be a war in Ukraine. Nobody knew that there was going to be incredible supply chain problems. Nobody knew any of these things. So to say that it's somebody's fault, that just doesn't make any sense. It's not our fault. We gave the best advice we possibly could. Right. But we also have to continue to give the best advice. Don't shine people on. If they say, I just can't live with it, I have to find a way to lock in. Well, at least try to lock into a three-year. You can go back to your lender. If you've got a variable rate and go to your lender and you can lock into a three. Lock into something that gives you a shorter term if possible. Right. Like you said, don't make rash decisions when emotions are high and panics in the streets and like try to mitigate that. You're never going to make a good decision. So buy yourself some time. Okay, that's good. Somebody did ask reverse mortgages. They asked it twice, so they really want to know. Do you think there's going to be an uptick in reverse mortgages or the usage of reverse mortgages? Well, first of all, reverse mortgage rates are going to also going to go way up. Okay, so we're going to see some big increases on those rates. They just have to. It's just the nature of how they're capitalized. They have to go up. We've already seen a, probably a 300% increase in reverse mortgage utilization over the last three years. So it's gone up a lot. The other truth is the category of people who take out reverse mortgages are not really as impacted by the economics of what's going on in the real estate market as the rest of us are, because they're retired for the vast majority of them. They're retired people. So I think that their marketplace stays relatively the same and could be an opportunity, although the rate will be definitely higher. It'll go up. Right. So the answer is, though, that it's not a huge marketplace. And there is one other caveat, like in places like Ontario, some of their values will go down at the end of six months. I mean, you'll actually have a little tougher time hitting the 55% barrier. Right. And then I'd say with the people in the reverse mortgage market, inflation is going to be more of a problem of the cost of goods, fuel and food. And they're going to notice that more than the rate, like it's capitalized, you know, what yeah. they're kind of spending their equity. They're not going to notice it, but you'll notice it in the inflation. Look, so, I, I don't think that market's going to be impacted by what's going on at all, except by the higher rate on reverse mortgages. There'll be some impact, but I don't think the natural market is going to be affected the way that other markets are. Let's right. face it. I'm just going to ask a really simple question. If you were going to buy a car, and you knew the price of the car was going down, would you buy right away or would you buy later? Later. Yeah, and that's what's going on in the real estate market in Ontario right now. And it will eventually start to happen in British Columbia and in other markets. When you hear that the prices are going down. When the music changes, people go, we're gonna wait, right? It just went from a fast music to a slow music and you're waiting. You're not getting in there yet till you feel like it's a good time. So there'll be people probably sitting on their hands more, you think, right now. And for the last 12 months in Ontario, one out of every five buyers of property was an investor. So that's 25% of the entire market. In many of those cases, they weren't making a ton of positive cash flow. And in some cases, they were just break even on the properties because they anticipated the capital appreciation of the rental property. Now, if those two things don't happen, that could be a category of buyer that withdraws from the market altogether for a period of time. Right. Certainly until at least the rates go back down because they just can't make the math work. In the end, mortgages are math. That's what this is. It's a payment 
it's amortization, it's what's affordable to a family budget. And when those things double, you're probably in for a pretty big pause. Right. You know, I feel like this is a temporary top of the market, temporary, I say, because the last time I bought a property, Ron, was January 2008, right? If you want to know when the market tops out, find it when Scott buys. I just bought a property last month. So, <laughs> and I'm like, pretty much, you know, it's like, oh, we're done. We're going to go down now for a few years and it's fine. But like, anyway, that's my... God, I'm going to track you for the rest of your life in the morning. Yeah, I'm like the canary in the coal mine. You are the key indicator. You I'm are the key, the key indicator. indicator. When, when Scott buys, it's a top of the market for a while. And you just yeah. need to be like... So anyway, okay, man, this is a lot of fun, Ron. We'll do this again another time. And, uh, and sorry for the get... technical issues. Don't worry about it. I really do. We saw lots of people that streamed it live and were watching it. So thanks guys for showing up. And thanks, Ron, for taking the time to chat with us. We'll be seeing you guys on the next time we chat. See you, Ron. Thanks a lot. Take care. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.